Hi everyone, my name is Dr. Deb Roberts and I am the host for season two of the Mind Medicine Australia's podcast. Before we begin with this week's guest, a reminder that Mind Medicine Australia's focus is on the development and the use of evidence-based psychedelic-assisted therapies within regulated healthcare systems. We do not, though, encourage the use of psychedelic medicines outside of this context, and we do not support the use of these substances in any way that is unlawful. This podcast is intended for educational purposes only. None of the content herein constitutes medical advice. Guests' views are their own and do not represent the views of Mind Medicine Australia, and individuals need to discuss their individual healthcare needs with their healthcare providers. Thank you for listening. Okay. Well, hi, John. We are, um, we're live and rolling. Uh, I have had a little bit of, um, uh, of communication prior to recording, but um, I thought that we would j- get started. And the Ray, I would like to, if it's okay, is just for a moment, we're going to just settle. <laughs> That's for me as well as, um, as perhaps for you. But the opportunity to um, connect today, often if we're not feeling grounded and connected, um, sometimes our conversation, more possibly for me, uh, isn't as uh, as rich. So just take a moment if it's okay and just maybe um, either feet flat on the floor or if you're listening to this and you're running or doing something, um, just maybe notice what you're um, grounded um, with whether it be your feet or you're seated on um, a couch and only if it feels okay just to take a, a deep um, breath usually it's a exhale that um, sometimes allows kind of a decompression to happen and I think for um, anyone who um, is a little bit more heady um, the uh, allowing to be in our bodies a little bit more um, and into the Potential from the headspace to the heart space um, can just lend itself um, to, I guess, being a little bit more authentic. Um, so maybe just taking one or two more conscious um, releasing breaths out if it feels like you would like to. You can then just notice how the air is coming in as well. If it feels shallow or um, lack of depth, um, just notice that. And just allowing um, another breath as a cleansing um, element. And then just when you're ready, letting the eyes um, open. And it's interesting. um, Welcome, John, uh, to the mind medicine series to um, podcast um, it just we were going to meet in person um, and I think we're both we both have um, felt that we wished we had um, in some sense but I am really looking forward to this conversation hopefully it can um, we will see each other in person soon um, so I wanted to just say welcome welcome to being here taking the time you've had a bit of a hairy day um, uh, before coming on so um just a general i'm looking forward to it and thank you for inviting me so yeah i'm glad to be here and hopefully i can 
going to provide something of use to you? Absolutely. Well, I know that um, the other um, element that I wanted to um, perhaps is something to um, allow um, a thread um, through this uh, conversation is um, about connection. Um, even as our um, the physicality um, disconnection, so to speak, um, sometimes as well through um, many verbal and nonverbal ways, um, connectivity is made. Um, and of course, if we had no um, internal energy that we felt could even connect, um, you know, some people don't feel connected in any um, in any space or form. And so I wonder if we could just start um, just with a notion of um, connection um, itself, um, just perhaps how you're feeling at the moment. Um, and then we might, um, you know, dive into a little bit more um, content, but just, I guess that essence of connection just in this moment, how, where you're at, if you're happy to share. Ooh, okay. Um, look, my my background very much a mainstream background. Um, Deb, I uh, grew up in New Zealand, moved to um, Australia in the early eighties. Uh, predominantly worked in the film and television industry, both in New Zealand and when I came here with Channel Nine. Then set up my own business um, back in nineteen eighty five, and ultimately grew it to the largest post-production house in Australia at its peak. Um, and um, very, kicked a lot of uh, goals along the way. I myself won Entrepreneur of the Year for Queensland at one point. Um, my company won Exporter of the Year three times for Queensland and once for Australia. And, and uh, along the way, I won a lot of personal um, awards for editing and cinematography as well. Um, so, and, and, and enjoyed the success of the business. I had four beautiful children and very much hands-on dad enjoyed, you know, everything to do with them as they, um, as they grew up. Um, in fact, it wasn't that long ago. I used to wander around and say to people, I was the happiest man in the world. I had a beautiful, lovely wife and four beautiful kids. And I had, I'd been, I was retired. I had enough money to do whatever I wanted to do and was really enjoying life. Um, and then out of the blue, my my beautiful daughter, Freya, uh, committed suicide. And she did that only three months after we'd completed a full Ironman together. And that was two years of um, of training to do that. We did a couple of triathlons, a couple of half Ironman, and then the big one. Um, and my son, Danny, did it with us. So I was also very, you know, proud and happy that we'd achieved that together. My daughter's suicide was right out of left field and I really um, struggled with her doing that. I was just tumbling down, down, downhill in a big way, just really drinking a lot and getting drunk at night. And, and um, my wife got really anxious. Uh, no, my wife, my lovely wife, she just was looking for ways to try and help me and, kept saying, do you want to do this? Do you want to do this? And I just, nothing seemed to resonate and I didn't seem to really, I just wasn't in the right space really to do anything. I did go to four um, um, grief counsellors, 
and uh, and that all kind of helped, but it it still really wasn't touching the surface. But and then she found this guy who um, suggested seeing this lady who was an underground um, psychedelic therapist, and and he explained that she uses uh, MDMA as part of her treatment, and um, and she specialises in either people that were suicidal or people that were victims from um, you know family members or close close you know people that um, had committed suicide so um, I said okay I'll give it a go so the process was that she gave me she wanted me there for a five-day period she was in the bush no phones no computers had a couple of days of just really um, grounding myself walking in the bush massage a little bit of um, yoga psychotherapy stuff and then on day three, when she gave me the medicine, it just, when it kicked in, it was just the most unbelievable thing I've ever had in my life where my daughter came through very powerful and I was able to talk to her and um, and it was just amazing. And I, I went into that session still being very depressed and down and I came out of it. John, just... with that, sorry, how long ago, um, how long yeah. ago? Was it's that? nearly four years ago now. So um, next month, um, it's it, on the 9th of October. So in about three weeks, it'll be uh, four years. Oh, so that was when she committed suicide. It yes. was. And, that, and then this how was about, long after? It was about five months afterwards. Months and, after. and looking back, I think that was a good time period. I wouldn't, you know, I needed a bit of time in between. Um I think to just kind of, I don't know, unknowingly even prepare myself. I think you needed a bit of space to just do the grieving in your own way. And yeah, as I said, when I when I um, when when I um, did the therapy, it was like she came through and and she actually helped map out the direction to go forward in life. And she said that she was going to be there with me all of the way and. And really, that's all I needed to hear. And 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 it was I. So I went into that session feeling really down, and I came out of it in a way almost thanking her for committing suicide. I mean, that sounds crazy, and of course I wouldn't ever wish that. And you know, nothing's ever the same as having her physically. But boy, the pain went went down to about ten percent of what it was going in. And how old was she when she passed? Twenty one. She just had her twenty first uh, uh, about three months before the um, before she did it, and she um, the Ironman you were talking about that what you had done together obviously um, was a very much of a connecting what you yeah. felt on your side at least um, a very much of a connecting aspect that you had done from a physicality point of view was that how long did you say that how far behind was that. It, yeah, it it was so we did the Iron Man in May, and she um, committed suicide in October. So what's that? May, June, July, August, September, October. So five months prior, she'd done it, and then her her twenty first birthday was in June, June sixteen. So you know she we did the Iron Man a month later. She did twenty first, and then three months later. I mean, I bring that up in terms of the specifics of that because. Um, on you know from a 
from one from a connectivity point of view the phys- the physical i mean the physicality of doing an ironman itself is um <laughs> individually you have to connect a lot of things <laughs> to be able right. to do that but i guess on a very much more serious note i guess there are there's that somatic or body you know body connection um, and you both then individually were doing your own, but having that connection of doing it together. Yeah. And I think you said your son um, yeah. as well, some training. So yeah. from where you were, from where you were, you felt it was a very much of a connecting period of time. Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, it wasn't all, um, you know, um, as though we were, you know, it was all. It wasn't all smelling of roses. Yeah, I mean, she was. We 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 did the bulk of our training um, separately, but we were connected through Strava and other things. So, oh, okay. when, right again, so, technology. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, again, technology. But so, there is very much of a connecting element to that. So I understand, and I think anyone listening would um, understand that a lot of people do. Um, events and together and there is this there is a connectivity because there's a goal right yeah 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 yeah. I mean looking back um she was going through some challenges but I I, you know I didn't see them as any more than um you know life's challenges for people at that age that you know she she was a very um high-functioning um you know person and very well liked in her group of of friends uh i mean she'd had three self-funded overseas trips by the time she was uh 19 and one of them she saved thirty thousand dollars herself um for a five-month trip in europe and 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 that was when she was 18 um and Prior to that, the year before, she saved ten thousand to do a skiing trip in Japan. And the year before, when she was sixteen, she put five thousand towards a trip um, to India, where she, with a school trip, where they went to a whole lot of orphanages for a couple of weeks. So, and and all sorts of other things. She um, had always worked multiple jobs, very very good at saving money. She also was very. Um, so at the school that she went to in Brisbane or house, she was one of what they call the spirit captains of one of the houses. So she's the girl that gets out front and motivates the girl to win, you know, an event, athletics, whatever. Um, but she also got voted number one spirit captain of the school. So she was the one that when the school was competing against another school, she was the one out the front, you know, and drawing out ways to keep everybody. And, and, and all her friends just loved her energy and drive and, she had a very good group of friends around her. I mean, her two best friends, one was the school captain and one was the ducks of the school. And, 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 you know, they were all good, good girls, you know, and she had a lovely boyfriend. I mean, she had a lot going for her. It was, you know, if you looked at it on the surface, she really didn't have any reasons, but, but I now know, I now know that she was in a lot of pain. Um, And, I didn't see the level of pain that she was in, and I, and you know, and I suppose that's the part I probably do feel a bit, a bit bad about. But then the other side of me really um, has become very shamanic or very spiritual, and I I believe we're all here to do the journey that we're here to do, 
and um, as a um, one of the shamanic teachers that I've done courses under is a lady called Sandra Ingram, very well known in the States. You may well know of her. And she said, she said, look, we all come here for the journey we come here for. She said, I've been here before and burnt people at the stake and I've come here before and I've been burnt at the stake. So, you know, you don't know what learnings people need from a, well, when I say people, I mean the spiritual part of who they are. It's part of the growth of why you come back. So that's kind of put my mind at ease a lot by going, well, that was the journey that she chose, you know, and that's helped me a lot with um, being able to sort of understand why it happened. I mean, there's not a day goes by I don't think about her and there's not a day that you don't even go to yourself, you know, if I've done that different or done this different. But I know having connected with her and also I've been to, before I even did the medicine, I went to a very high-level um, clairvoyant lady um, and, you know, she said that Freya had a contract that that was always going to happen. She was only going to be here for till she was 21 and she was going to go and even ask Freya, would it have been any different if, you know, like one of the things she found hard is that when she was four, I divorced from her mother. Mm. It's remarried. And um, she, she found that hard. And I said, had I not divorced or had I not had an extended period living in New Zealand when she was about 15 or 16 as well, um, and she said no through the clairvoyant, and and I believe that actually as well. I don't believe anybody caused her to to commit suicide. I think she chose to commit suicide herself. Um, I did learn after she had passed that she did attempt once earlier on, a couple of years earlier, but she kept it very quiet, and I didn't know. And she made the few people that did know, one being her mother, and one being her sister. Um, made them swear that they'd never tell me. So she yeah. kept it all, all secretive. So, but I, look, I, oh, you go ahead. Look, for me, it's, it, it really comes down to, I never had it after she passed, I lost the direction of who I was. And I mean, when, I, when she passed, it felt like part of me died and that hasn't come back. But what the medicine has done is it's reduced the pain, as I said before, from 90%, from 100% down to about 10%. And you still have the odd bad day, but it's still only 20 or 30% of what it was before. So you, you really live with it a lot better and you accept it a lot better. And, it, and, and I found it's also helped me accept other things that have been, that would have been more challenging before I'd gone through the, you know the, 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 the you know the process of the medicine and the therapy, yep. and I believe like it's been promoted. It's the therapy which is the key part of it. The medicine's only a tool, really, for the psychotherapist or for whoever you have got that is working with you um, to help you. And and I really don't believe that it works anywhere near as effectively um, if you don't have someone who helps you work through it. Um, as you've rightfully said yourself a few times, 
I'm a big believer in, in connection as well. And I think that's where we as a society have got lost. I think we didn't have mental health problems when we were all in in you know indigenous tribes or even there are cultures, third world cultures in this world that don't have mental health problems. They have plenty of other problems, but they um you know, they don't have those problems because the connectivity amongst people, you know, a problem shared is a problem halved. And and uh, that mentality goes further when you when you've got a community, a group, a tribe that that you know you can share all of that, and and you work with other people that need you there as well. And we've come to live in boxes and isolate ourselves, and we don't. And I, and I think that that contributes to the poor mental health in the Western world at the moment massively. I think that um, one of the things um, in relation to connection that um, that you mentioned, even at the beginning, you know, we talk about often, um, you know, what, you know, our professional or what we have done or accomplished. Um, and in our society, it's, it's a very n- normal and actually in some ways socially appropriate um, aspect to communicate on and we were talking you know before we came on um online today uh that you can have um your the way in the self that we get you know show the world um you were just talking about freya herself include and also you in terms of the you know you 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 look at the little um the different things that people have done, including yourself and her, uh, that on paper or on the surface look like um, everything's everything's fine. What's interesting, and we both know this, um, and we shared this before coming on, which you know, because my sister um, sadly took her life, ended her life um, in November this last year, and um, the degree of connection that people have, whether it be with work-related, physical-related um, goals, friendships, uh, um, the way in which is often portrayed is different from how we internally feel connected. Yeah. And um, I know my sister and my guest is Freya was similar, um, as well as perhaps when you were suffering yourself, when there is no connection, it's like the lights out, the darkness, um, you know, is there. When we have no way of feeling connected internally, so forgetting all the outside stuff, but the internal connection um, is is a very dangerous place um, to be. And I know psychedelic assisted therapy as um, you know a tool, not um, and with the broader application of the therapeutic um, element um, isn't a magic bullet. Um, and I guess part of even doing this um, this series uh, around how you feel perhaps the therapy has continued to kind of leave a, um, a legacy, so to speak, how you feel even, I suppose, back to again this moment how you feel whether or not it um it continues to kind of give depth and meaning 
post um, doing the therapy or if you feel um, that it was more the power of it at the time that you did it rather than, let's say, today in your feeling of connection at this moment as we're talking? Um, okay. If I, if I understand you correctly, I, I think what you're asking is how important was the therapy then and how important is it still now and what were the key points of that therapy that really were the, um, you know, the gems. So having since doing the um, therapy for the first time and having done it, and I did it three times over that period, and I've actually done done it a couple of times since as well. Um, I think that the so the short answer is yes. The, the, the medicine is just a pill, really. You just got to look at it as another pill that aids the psychotherapist or the person doing the therapy. And the reason I say the person doing the therapy is because the mainstream approach, which is being um, promoted all over the world by, you know, MAPS and, and Mind Medicine here, Imperial College London, um, is very similar. And, 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 and I think it's the very right way too. I think when dealing with mainstream people who this is very new to, I, I think it combines some, you know, mainstream approaches where you do a lot of preparation, you know, two, three sessions of psychotherapy with the right person. And then you have the medicine and then you have multiple sessions afterwards. And then you may repeat the medicine up to three times and then have up to 10 weeks of psychotherapy afterwards. And, 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 and that process I think works really, really well as a mainstream model. However, I, I do think there is enough anecdotal evidence to show that there are also very good people out there. Like for instance, you might have, you know, a partner or a relation, a sister, brother, or mother, who are also able to be there and provide that equivalent of the psychotherapy to support you once you've had the medicine. So the way I describe it to um, to people is that we create these default mode networks, science calls them in our brains. And... Um, Often they're created mostly when you're younger, I believe about 80% in the first seven years of our life. So you take an example of that is, is let's say you're four years old and you go to the park and you get bitten by a dog. And then for the rest of your life, every time someone says, oh, let's go to the park, say particularly even when you get older and you got your own kids, you might go, no, no, we don't, I don't go to parks, you get bitten by dogs. And it's kind of like, no matter what anybody says, you, you just feel no. I, I, I. You, it, it, parks are dangerous. No matter what people say to you, and we've all got these traits that we've created. So what happens in the therapy, particularly with the psilocybin? So imagine the default mode network being a road in a forest, and the forest is really dangerous on either side. So every time someone says go to the park, you follow that road, bitten by a dog. There's no alternative. You can't get off the path. You can't because it's just too too dangerous. So what happens when you're on the psilocybin? Um, it, it, it has the same effect as lowering the forest and completely leveling it. So you've got like a big open plain and you can then create a different path. When someone says, let's go to the park, you can create a new path 
which shows you that parks are fun and very almost no one gets bitten by dogs. It's just it was a one-off and an unfortunate thing. And you and you then you can create that new path. However, what happens when you come off the medicine, the forest will regrow. And unless you continue to walk the new path, the original path will stay. It'll always be there. But you need to, as the forest grows, to continue to, to go down that new path so that you've got that as another option as you move forward in life, right? And that's where the psychotherapist comes in. So he or she, you know, works with you because they've been there at the start. They've been there in the actual medicine session. They're very aware of the journey, that path that you need to recreate. So they work with you afterwards. It's a very, very simple um, metaphor for it. The other key part to it, which is very different to normal psychotherapy. So when you become you know, a, psych a psychologist, a psychotherapist, um, you know, uh, uh, any of those mainstream, um, you know, right. yeah, people that are involved with it, it's very much a structured approach of how you go about the therapy you train. So there's different processes like CBT, cognitive behavior therapy, ACT, IFS. So you, you work with your patient and it's kind of like a left brain approach. You're going to tick this box. So you start off by asking them, you know, their background, their parents, is there any other, you look for links and it's just kind of a mainstream approach of how you do it. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with it, it's, it's, but it's more structured from that way. The psychotherapy, I believe you need in this, and it is the way that they're promoting when you do the uh, training courses. It's got to be a lot more heartfelt. It's got to be almost as though that person believes you really love them. It's that level of connection so that they just are willing to be completely open with you and they feel safe with you so that they really can go deep to deal with that issue that they have to deal with. Yeah. And that's the key difference. So if you look at the stage three trials, as an example, in the States, when they did the MDMA trials, um, they got a hundred of the worst of the worst people. They did it in the States, Canada, and I think there were some people in Israel as well. And the 100 people were like the worst of the worst and all of them had tried to commit suicide at least once and none of them had had any benefit from any of the known, um, you know, current uh, processes, you know, for, for it, which is a combination of SSRIs and psychotherapy. So they did the treatment and double blind and 67% were cured and 90% were were, had significant benefit. But the other key element of that trial was 37% of the people on the placebo group also got cured without the medicine. And that's because of the psychotherapy being a lot more heartfelt, I believe. So it, it's... The way in which the therapy is provided in terms of the person-centred person with the person uh, is is what you are saying. The approach is what is different, not necessarily uh, simply the medicinal 
Yes. Medicinal, the yes. giving of the medicinal um, psilocybin. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're still better off doing the medicine because it's a sixty-seven percent chance as opposed to thirty-seven percent. And you know, it, and I believe that if you followed it through, the sixty-seven percent in three years are still going to be sixty-seven percent, whereas the thirty-seven percent may have dropped back, yeah. and it may not has been as strong. But but at the end of the day, it's the change in the way you deliver that psychotherapy. So it's very heartfelt and it's very heartfelt in a way that the patient really, you know, is, as I said, it's almost like, you know, they feel as though you love them. I mean, I'm talking in a a professional way too, but, but, you know, it's, it's that to me is the difference. So in my case, I did have some psychotherapy, but I didn't have 10 weeks of anything. What I did is I did a lot of shamanic courses um, online courses and they were you know 16 of them in fact and I was very connected in groups so the way we we did these particular courses um, one was called energy body mastery and energy body clearing and then I, we, we did ancestral lines and healing the ancestral lines and then the advanced version of that and another one is um a shadow course identifying shadow and, and, and healing it. And, I, and it required a lot of um, self-recognition that you had to basically own yes. stuff yourself. And it was all encouraged. Like one of the, um, you know, one of the, um, at the start of one of the courses, the shadow course, the lady said, so you, you think, sit here and imagine the, the person that you really hate the worst and the most in the entire world. And that could be someone you've never met. It could be someone that's not even around while you've been alive, like Adolf Hitler or something. Just imagine that worst person that you just shake when you see that person. And then they said, now, I want you to imagine their face starting to appear on you. And everyone's going, what? And it's like the trigger, actually, they are not the problem. You are the problem that's triggered within you. So another way of explaining that is you can have 10 people lined up and you can call them all a bastard as an example, and they're all going to react differently. Some won't care. Some might never talk to you again. So the difference is in them. You've said the same thing to the same 10 people, but all 10 of them will react differently. And so the shamanic approach, everything was about identifying the triggers within you. So you had to go, you used, like like we would in our role plays, we would all work with each other and find an issue that happened that day. You know, for instance, I had one example for me was someone honked at me in a car park that I didn't feel was right. I got really angry about it. And when they worked through, as soon as I got to the point where you identified where you felt that anger, you let go of that person and then stayed with the the heartfelt sense of that anger and tried to identify where it was coming from. And a bit like IFS, internal family systems, which is a mainstream therapy approach, you did the same. You tried to track back to a time in your childhood where a similar type injustice, in my case, happened. 
and ultimately you were able to, to help clear that yep. at a to a level. So if someone honked at you again, you it wouldn't bug you as much. I mean, it's not quite as simple as that. There's a lot of work you have to do on yourself to do that. So it's 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 identifying in you those trigger points and owning that, and then I, I kind of so that was my psychotherapy was yep. really working with myself. Um, and there's a lot like shamanism is 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 not a religion. It's a connection, and it's a connection to everything around us: the trees, the birds, the flies, even you know. And, and in particular, the four key elements, um, you know, the, 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 you know, water, earth, fire, um, and, and air. And air. And Ether. air. Yeah. So in one of the, one of the um, courses I did, we had to do ceremonies that were really connected to each of these. And there was a lot of work you had to do to build up to them. And all those Four elements, which I'm sure you, you know, you know, fire is about changing energy from one form to to another, and water is about moving stuck energy that's stagnating within you. Um, and earth is about planting a seed of some new energy that you want to grow, and wind is blowing away energy that you don't want. What's interesting, you as you're saying that, um, and you've been in your explanation, John. You've been for those that are not watching this and just listening, is you continually are touching the heart space, um, both in your articulation of what you're saying, and that the connectivity needing to be heart heart hearted, really, um, that also the therapist having the approach of a heart, uh, you know, a heart connection. Uh, and interestingly, how the different elements, I know as a yoga teacher, yoga, um, we, you know, there is this, the elements were, were a mix of all of the elements, um, of course, and how the different elements, you know, the fire element of getting, let's say, angry or um, might be disturbed also is what um, can, you know, actually really allow for some things to come up but at the same time it's our reactions and what we do with that um, experience and the internal again that internal connection so if we feel fiery like the parking lot example that you gave um, the you know whether we voice the anger we repress the anger or whether or not we just can identify this is an experience or a feeling we're ha we're having. We often in my yoga teacher that I connect with always talks about the seeds, the seeds of um, your worst enemy, the seeds that make up that worst enemy. Or if we think of dictators, um, you know, through society, etc., that we have those same seeds. But it's also what we do with that. In a way, even talking about um, our family members who have, you know, decided to end their life. In a way, you would want anything to be, you would want something to be um, ignited, so to speak, so that the, so we as a human race feel connected in some way. So anger being a very useful at times um, 
energy, so to speak. I really liked what you were just saying, though, of how, um, you know, it can be that water can either feed the fire or help put out the fire um, and how air can feed the fire or also take the, you know, the, um, I guess, the ash, so to speak, um, away. And I guess coming back to connection, um, does... So the therapist, the way in which the therapist um, conveys, as well as the medicine itself, are there other things on a daily basis that you seem to um, find particularly um, helpful? Um, are there, yeah, what other things, if there, if there is anything that um, helps yeah. from the medicinal um from the medicinal time of feeling as you did back to that 10% and then what kind of daily um, may be useful to you now? I think what's useful to me now is the healing I did with Freya has massively helped me in my, my beliefs and, and more than beliefs. It's just a lot more things are making sense in this world. For instance, I'm I, I'm a big believer in synergies. And for instance, if I decide to go somewhere and I get lots of red lights, I go, oh, maybe I shouldn't be going to that place. Um, where I hope that's not the interview for today. I know, I know. Sometimes you can override that with your heart. <laughs> but, you know, and I've got a number of occasions that, uh, um, that, 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 that I really rely on them more and more. And I, and, and I laugh at myself with some of the things I was big on that, you know, I, I couldn't eat lamb without mint sauce or I couldn't eat a pie without tomato sauce or I couldn't eat chips that weren't really well cooked and crispy. Now it doesn't matter really. I mean, I still prefer them like that, but if they don't come like that, I don't worry about it. You know, it, it, those little things that used to really bug me, they just don't bug me so much. And I, I find that, you know, I just, um, today I've had a pretty frustrating day. And whilst, you know, you know, I think there's nobody perfect on this world. I mean, the, so what's come out of it for me is really we are all creatures of mind over, over matter. You know, we do work top down, as they say in medical, you know, you really can make a choice in every situation yourself what and how you choose to react or go forward to something. Like before, if someone abuses you in a foreign language, you don't even know what they're saying, you ignore them. So when they do it in English language, you know, it, it's your choice whether you want to ignore them or you want to take it further and react to it it's actually with everything that happens you can choose which way you want to do so it's mind over matter and i'm kind of realizing that a lot more with just everything out there in life and i'm really appreciating the beauty of this world a lot more i mean i had no respect before for how intelligent nature is so we think we're intelligent but you take, for instance, just how we're created as humans, a, a tiny little sperm and an egg mm. that go together, so small you can't even see them. And yet nature 
has embedded in the DNA of each of those cells a program that enables that to just grow and create every part of your body in 99.9% the case is perfect. And when you think of how complex the body is, yet alone all of the other things, you take the animals and all of all of all of that. I mean, as one of our lecturers said in the CPAC course, you could get the hundred smartest people in the world, give them all the money that they wanted and all the best facilities to create just the DNA of a leaf from scratch. And they couldn't do it. Whereas everyday nature creates just not only the leaf, the branch, the tree, and it knows how to grow. It has, you know, to whatever it is, it creates the fox that knows how to hunt, the bird that knows how to fly. And this has all come from a blueprint mm. in, in that particular DNA, which is so small, and only 5% of that DNA is actually used to put that blueprint of creating whatever it's there to create. You know, as one of the scientists, again, on the course said that you you could put the blueprint for the entire universe on your little fingernail. That's how amazing nature is. And I now respect that a lot more when I'm out you know, I go walking with my dog most mornings and I just love it. And I try and do it as the sun comes up. And I just love feeling that beauty, that energy that comes through. It's just the connection to, you know. It's great. You're doing that heart, thing, heart um, body language again, uh, yeah. John, yeah. which is, uh, I guess it's, it's, it's just really lovely actually to, to see you do that, that aspect of the nature, um, I think that in a sense, for some reason, the word marveling was came in my mind as you were, you know, imagining you walking with your dog. I've got two golden retrievers. We've uh, uh, talked about that earlier. Um, so that notion of non-human but living um, creatures, um, certainly um, like a sunrise, etc., cetera, um, can be marveled at, like you said, the blueprint of nature. Um, the interesting uh, quote that, came to me was um, that, uh, Victor Frankl, who was a psychologist, a lot of people have heard of him, but psychologist and through the um, Holocaust. And, you know, he put that um, uh, um, really wise gem together with, you know, between stimulus and response, there's a space. Um, and our reaction um, often even going back to that heart, like anger or, you know, getting fiery, um, there is a pause, there's a space. Um, and he talks about the pause between uh, obviously what was going on in World War II um, of what was, could you can imagine the triggering that uh, occurred, but that his response, his reaction, um, there, if he could be in the space, um, he could choose that. And there was agency in being able to um, pause before responding or reacting. And, you know, I wonder with, um, you know, I'm reflecting again on um, Freya's and um, in my family, as I said, you know, my sister and also um, a paternal uh, relative, sorry, paternal um, grandfather who um, ended their life um, the notion of how um, 
when we when we feel that darkness inside or when we feel i know for myself of having my own challenges never had um related to suicide or an attempt thank goodness um but having again that deadness or not a connection um that uh you feel then there is there is no um or they feel that there is the answer is to obviously um end their life and we talked about as you said you know whether or not um it was their journeys um in the living world which is where we are um we are living with those the um legacy of the of that happening but also back to that heartedness the connection internally sometimes we can have a conversation the two of us um or with anyone and feel still quite lonely and um didn't inside and it's hard to really um know that when you're either with someone physically or even um online which is one of the reasons you know I wanted to do this series um because at the end of the day me included and I'm happy to you know advertise this myself I think we do want to be deeply listened to um from other other humans and maybe nature and living things um but I wonder what your thoughts are in terms of when you're not feeling connected all these things that seem like marveling at the sunrise and for me I love sunsets because I'm not uh, um up at the crack of dawn so good for you for that um but or it's an I guess it's just a general question for you in terms of um you know for people you know there's a lot of suffering out there which is why um psychedelic assisted therapy you know is um now legis you know the legislative changes in australia and people will be receiving this and um we are hoping that people will um want to connect about their real experiences with the medicine and the therapy so i guess around when we don't feel and look you and i spoke before as well about um you know whether it's a hard day or having challenges um you know how we can um you know it sounds like those online courses were really a connecting force for you with other individuals and nature and dogs um what do you do when you feel feel down yeah that's a very good question um so i have this belief that um we as humans no matter how good our life is or how good we create, we do need, we we do go through ups and downs. And even though we might have a problem today, which is our number one issue, and the rest of the problems are down here, then if we get rid of that problem, these problems tend to replace that problem. So I think that, that, that we all have good days and bad days. And, some days, some days you do might do everything right and wake up in the morning feeling like, you know, it's a bad day and vice versa. Um, so I've also given up alcohol, which I saw in one of my medicine sessions. So, and I, that was my escape. So I haven't had any alcohol now for three and a half years, but so I, I, I've taken up smoking a bit of dope, which I can legally do and access. So I use that as a little bit of a, um, an escape I suppose where what I'll do I just tend to smoke by myself my wife's not interested 
and um, I'll just sit normally at night under the stars and just have a have a um, have a joint, and I find that 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 helps. It can make me a little more anxious the next day sometimes, but I'm okay with that. I can work through that, and I I just find that gives me my my escape. I also um, ride a bike, and you know I don't. I'm not into Ironmans anymore or any of that level of stuff, but I find doing that, that, that works. Um, I, I suppose I'm more aware of it and I, and I feel for me anyway, I know it's part of my nature that I'm going to go through, you know, um, like I find around four o'clock, five o'clock in the afternoon, a lot of days, I find that hard. I find when I get up, I'm normally, Normally, you know, nine out of 10 days, I wake up and I bounce out of bed and away I go. But by the afternoon, I tend to feel a little bit anxious or 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 down. And it's probably a combination of everything that's gone on and not drinking, like I, I had 50 years of drinking. Um, I think and- it's a good duo because, you know, the morning is really hard. <laughs> from my end four or five is when I peak, you know where I, where I peak and you know the sun, right. so yeah. isn't it interesting everyone is um um and interesting as you said obviously previous um patterns um you know I take medicine at night so for depression and anxiety so then the mornings are a little bit harder a bit um yeah, you know yeah, right. a little yeah. bit but we all have um you know various means to um yeah. Yeah. get us back I think you what you just said though John about um almost a different way of um having a lens around the you know whether feeling down or depressed or anxious or whatever symptom you know that is uncomfortable uh the opportunity to you know you know it's kind of like you're not going to have days that are a hundred percent and no one does. And I think even conversation around, I mean, no one does feel that all the time. So it's also normalizing some of these symptoms. Um, I think the normalizing of the symptoms to then going to the pointy end of, you know, really um, suffering uh, tremendously um, and the use of, you know, psychedelic assisted therapy being one, uh, one avenue it sounds like for you there are um other breadcrumbs you know along yeah, the way yeah. that yeah, helps. I, i've heard it said that um that 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 using psychedelics um you can achieve more in one session than you can in 15 years of um psychotherapy without it and i've heard a number of people say that you know and other people might say five years i've heard it and 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 I think it's it's a booster that really helps you, and and I find when you come off it, you, you know you're you're feeling really um, a lot more connected, and 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 it's more like you understand what you're really here for. Mm-hmm. I, I think we're taught as we grow up, society tells us that we should work hard and you know buy a house and do all the stuff that mainstream world you know, says we should do. And and there's nothing wrong with that. I was very much in that mold and was very successful at what I did, you know. But looking back, I think that was just a learning that I now rate other things a lot more important in, in, in my life. My marriage is, is, is significantly better. Not that it was in trouble before, but 
but it's it's beautiful now. You know, I couldn't imagine evolution. An evolution and evolving. Oh yeah, and and I'm lucky that I've got a wife, a lovely wife who is very much very spiritual as well, and and so we can connect and talk talk openly about anything really. And I and and you know, you just feel more. You know, you connect at a heartfelt level, so you're more honest. And I think that we we actually tell more lies to ourselves than we do to anybody else. I think we create those problems in ourselves. You know, we say, no, I'm not going to do that. Or, you know, and, and you, you know, I mean, this, you, they say there's a big difference between truth and honesty, isn't it? You know, you could say someone says, oh, I've got a party Friday night. And you could say, oh, I've got to work. So that's you being honest. I have to work. I do have to work. But the truth is you don't want to go to the party. You can easily get off work. So we we like to think we're right. honest, but we're not really truthful. And we, we, we're not truthful to ourselves. We lie to ourselves. And and I think that, you know, understanding that and seeing that a lot helps me, uh, helps me kind of get through those times when I go, no, John, you're doing that again. That's not right, you know. It's it's just not trying to bullshit yourself, really. You, you're just you're identifying that it was you that caused that problem, and okay, I'm not going to go down that track. Or sometimes you go, oh bugger, it, I'm going to do it anyway, and you just do, and you go, okay, I shouldn't have done that, but you do, and and well, I do anyway, you know. I, but it helps you to not do it, and definitely do it less, and as I say, respect what you've got in this world a lot more than what you haven't got. I mean, we, we, I think we all, a lot of people spend too long, you know, comparing to people that, you know, that, that, that have got more than them or, or, or whatever. Whereas I think we really should get away from that and just respect what our own sovereignty and not someone else's sovereignty, our own sovereignty and recognize that what we've got is us and it's beautiful and be proud of what you've got and what you've achieved, you know. And shamans, and they say nothing's wrong, nothing you do is wrong because it helps get you to where you are now. And be very proud and very happy of who you are, where you are right now. Do you and think? I, oh, sorry. Finish. No, no, sorry. Carry on. I just was going to ask. I think um, it's really important as well for people who have it experienced like yourself um, with um, psychedelic um, assisted therapy. Um, to note, were there any um, kind of unpleasant um, experiences, not necessarily during, I mean, of course, during a session, um, you know, the, the therapists really are trying to communicate that having an unpleasant experience while um, taking the medicine doesn't mean it's a bad, you know, you've had a bad or an adverse reaction, um, you know, it's part of, but I just, um, in full disclosure, it for, was there any um, the adverse reactions that you felt you did have aside from kind of the, what is usually communicated? No, not at all. Um, and I'm a believer that there's really no such thing as a bad is a bad experience in some ways the the tougher it is the better it is long term um i've done um ayahuasca in a few group sessions um you know 
and I've seen people absolutely screaming and, you know, you think they're going to die. And the next day you say, are you okay? And they go, yeah, I've never been better. And, 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 and I've had that response every time. So I think that, you know, I think the key to it is to respect it. You know, it, it's, you know, when I, you know, do it, I, 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 I thank it. And even when I spoke marijuana, I, I talked to it and I say, look, thank you for coming. And, you know, I'm really looking forward to connecting with you tonight. And, and, you know, it's, 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 it's really about treating it as though it's someone that's come here, you know, to help you or to be with you. Or, with an open heart. With an open heart, <laughs> with an open heart, you know? So, yeah, I kind of, um, yeah, I, I I think that's that. Uh, I, I mean, in a nutshell, I have so much more respect for this world, this beauty. I mean, to think of this whole world, how it's been created. I mean, all the different animals, the plants, just the fact that the sun comes up every day, and and, and you know, nature's created water. And uh, I mean, you can go on and on and on. What's out there? You know how it's created trees millions of years ago that have all rotted in the ground and created oil, which we need now. I mean, that's just a simple example, plus gold and diamonds and all that. I mean, they're just the intelligence of nature to have done that. It's just, when you think about it, I think, you know, it's just so beautiful to be part of that, you know. Well, I think that, um, I think that, I mean, I you know, I agree with you totally. The, the I've got a little nagging voice in my head, um, which interestingly, and maybe even in the heart space as well. Um, you know, I re- I remember, you know, I had shared with you that um, I had, you know, I've had my own challenges um, with depression and anxiety, and you know, last uh, about four years ago, had you know bilateral um, ECT. Um, nine treatments and been in different facilities for different phases of time. Um, And it was important to, I guess, share that in the sense of having some lived experience um, understanding, even though we're all um, of course um, unique, but I remember on, I was 18, I think, you know, the first time I had had um, a really significantly hard time, I was 18. And um, there was a friend who was, wrote me this letter of all the beauty in a little bit like what you're saying, you know, the beauty of the world um, and all the different things I could do because I had, you know, um, had to leave um, university for a period of time because in his eyes and his lens and where he was at, um, there was such beauty and it was like reading a different language. Um, And I wonder, because I concur with you and, you know, especially luckily, to the sun, my hands to my heart, you know, thank God, you know, I feel really um, very well generally, you know, at the moment, but I certainly know that other space as have you. Um, and I, the question I have is my, the voice is my sister's because my, you know, she would look at, you know, um, the connectivity that I had um, developed as an example with nature and, you know, yoga, meditation, some of those things that we all know can help, can assist um, toward well-being. And she felt she connected to none of those. Um, 
And I guess that's the quandary. It's not that we need to have an answer to this, you know, toward the end of our conversation today. Um, but it's this when, you know, the person who might be listening that they don't, there is no, they don't see this. Um, I suppose that's why then psychedelic assisted therapy as one, one avenue or a pathway toward having some um, connectivity um, but I don't know if you have in, you know, what your thoughts are in relation to, you know, when it is quite dark. You know, that must be hard for you, you know, talking about that and your sister when you're trying to sort of share with her how you connected to all of those beautiful things and she wasn't able to. And I can see how you, how, and I think that that's with my limited knowledge can see how the medicine really does help people that are in that state um, because it takes that fog away, you, you know, from what you've, um, what you've got in your life. And, you know, another metaphor that I use that I can't even remember where I picked it up, but as someone said, you know, life can be like walking in a jungle and the jungle at times can get pretty dense and then it, 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 then when it gets really bad, it's like a fog comes in as well. So you've got a really dense jungle with a lot of fog and you really have no idea where you're going. And when you go on the medicine, it's like it takes you out of the fog, out of the jungle, and you're above it. And you can see where you are and you can see where you need to go to actually heal yourself. And that gives you the impetus to actually, you, you know, um, you know, drive you to actually heal yourself effectively. But then you've got to go back down into the jungle as the medicine wears off. And you've actually got to get back. And it's still foggy and it's still thick. And you've got to change direction and you've got to find your way to where you saw. And that's where I think at least you've seen it. Then it's the therapist that will help you take you in that direction and that's again why you need the therapist or you need the person that's there beside you to help you get to that new location and get out of the forest and get out of the out of the fog but at least the medicine shows you that where you are and why and where you're lost in that jungle and where you need to be to try and that is so um I literally just got a um, kind of the when um, goosebumps um, in hearing you say that, um, you know, so a physical reaction literally to the kind of hope um, that you, you know, express. And I, I guess in being reflective, of course, for, um, you know, both your daughter and, um, you know, my sister, you know, and I think that. Um, I guess what would be really nice perhaps to close on John is kind of your wider hopes for um, psychedelic assisted therapy, perhaps kind of at a community or society um, or system or health system um, level. Um, I'm, I'm sure you might have a few things to say. Yeah. Look, the key to it, I say to people that mainstream medicine is very passive. It's like you go to a doctor, he, a doctor doesn't fix you. He just diagnoses you and then gives you a pill and you go away and you rely on that pill to fix you. Or if you've got a, 
another illness or an injury that you need to go to hospital, you go to hospital and you rely on the doctors and the nurses to fix you and you just really lie there or do what you're told. Whereas this, the psychedelics is only going, like I talked about before in the forest, it's only going to show you what you need to do to fix yourself. You then have to do the work and you have to, to get through that forest and get to that destination that you know you're going to be in a good place or a better place. Mm. And and that person needs to go with you. I think the biggest challenge with psychedelic-assisted therapy is, and I've already seen this speaking to people, people need to get out of the mindset of uh, when you say to them, you know, you've got to do the work, they go, oh, no, I, I don't know that I can do that. Or, you know. Want a pill. We, they want a pill to, or we want that I'm included. We want a pill to fix. Yeah, <laughs> it fix ourselves. Doesn't fix. It's so, so I, I, I think the key to its success is people, like I talked about before, really recognizing that all the solutions for all their problems are within, not external. Ninety percent. They say ninety percent. Of our lives, we create. We choose where we live, who we marry, what job we go to, who we have as friends, what we do. Do we go to a football match or do we go and do yoga? We choose. 10% is what they call climate or effects. If somebody runs into the side of your car and you've got nothing to do with it, they sideswipe you and you get injured, lose a leg or something. Well, that's you, you didn't create that. That happened, but you've got to deal with it then. It's your responsibility. You didn't cause it, but it's your responsibility to get on with your life from there, you know. So the key element with this is that, you know, it will only work for the percentage of people that are willing to actually do the work. Having said that, there's plenty of anecdotal evidence. I've had people tell me that they've had one, you know, pill at a party and it suddenly changed their whole life, you know. So the medicine itself can kickstart something that maybe is sitting there or maybe works better with some people than others. But in general, you really, it's 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 up to you to do the work. Yeah. But if you do, the benefits will be there. You know, you know, it's it's like another little thing, a silly thing I say to someone is let's say you're having dinner and you don't have a knife and you steal someone's knife and they come in and say, did you steal my knife? And you go, no, I didn't do that. And they go, yes, you did. No, I didn't. And you stay with that. And a week later they say, you stole my knife. No, I didn't. Whereas if you go, yeah, yeah, I stole your knife. Sorry. I just needed to. Then it's gone. It's you've owned it. You've recognized that you've done something. So you able to clear it. Whereas if you hang on to it, you build that up in you. I mean, that's just a simple little example, but it's the same where in a society that is, is, is becoming more and more about blaming someone else for the issues in your life. You know, you watch the news, it's all about blaming the government for not having enough ambulances to get people to the hospital or whatever. You know, well, suddenly out of the blue, everybody started going to hospital with these illnesses, you know, that we would never have worried about years ago. So, you know, there's circumstances that happen, but we blame other people. There's billboards of solicitors that say, if you're getting shit at work, come and see us and we'll sort that your 
you know, it's not about, I mean, I, I believe we're all responsible. If you've got a problem at work and you can't deal with it, change jobs. You, you know, I mean, it's not as simple as that for a lot of people. I get that too. I'm not trying to say it's it's easy for some people. But, but the more you own the issues in your life and recognize them and be truthful to yourself, the more I feel you're able to let go and yeah. and be that. I mean, I the psychedelic. I mean, the psychedelic for you. Um, the psychedelic that process. Yes. Um, I think. Very much. I just wanted to put a caveat uh, in terms of some. I remember um, for myself I, I, when I was forty-five, I did a stint of thinking I. Or I wanted to try to not have antidepressants, you know, because um, I had had all these other, like the things we've been talking about, different things, you know, daily things um, and, you know, kind of changing to, you know, being a yoga teacher and different, different life changes. Um, and I still, uh, and so I tried without the medicine and I'm bringing this up because the um, a t wise teacher said I, I got sick eventually because I went cold turkey, which I don't recommend anyone doing, um, going cold turkey if you've been on medicine, you know, pharmaceutical medicine for a period of time. But I went to India and had that experience thinking, oh, epiphany, I, you know, don't need it. And I'm 45. Anyway, the reason I bring it up is that sh there are elements of, um, she said, my mind, there was element, I was, there were was sickness in the mind, but the mind isn't the only part of us. Um, and I do need, you know, medicinal intervention as part of what keeps me well as an example. But the interesting thing, and you're bringing it up to the forefront as well, is that there are different pieces of us and something might be wrong with the mind, um, which could say, like the default mode network, you know, Robin Car Har Harris, you know, who basically now it's a normal lexicon that the default mode network kind of gets sub, you know, temporarily subdued. And so when though someone is sick, the mind saying negative things about self and the remuneration and the negative um, self-talk and so forth that people do know, even listening to this, if they've experienced quite of that intensity of um, you know, low mood or anxiety, but the opportunity to realize that we are more than our minds, you know, there is, um, you know, sometimes it isn't, yeah, you know, that the mind is, needs help and that we are more than the sum of our parts. So the heart space, which we've connected with today, um, I think very um, deeply actually and it's interesting because it's just now sunset as we're closing um this is supposed to be your real off time um john but you've been very on <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah i guess that was me trying to also just note of sometimes though the mind being that negativity rumination um then you're not seeing necessarily um that bigger picture and the lens being broader and the broader awareness and the connectivity to everything. Um, and I think it's a, I guess it's a, a road we're both um, as well as many other people traveling, um, whether it's like we take the medicinal, um, you know, psychedelic um, pathway or not. And um, I certainly wish my sister, you know, 
would have possibly um, gone there. And I'm sure perhaps, unless I'm um, wrong, that Freya, you know, possibly, possibly, possibly benefited yeah. as well. Look, look, and I've thought of that too, but, but now I, I tend to go, you can't bring back the past. I mean, there's something that... Okay. That, yes. You know, and 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 I go. Well, only ten months. I'm only ten months in, John. You have um, a little bit longer, so it's. Um, and I'm sure people listening, you know, have loved ones where that's happened. Um, you know, whether it's been twenty years or um, yeah. whatever um, amount, um, grief has its way of yeah. showing us and making us learn. Yeah. Look, you're amazing to be able to talk as openly as you are after 10 months. I think had I not had the therapy, I would have struggled um, after 10 months. But, but you know, so well done to you being able to, you know, do this and talk about it. Both of us. Both of us, you know. And, and yeah, it, it, again, as I said before, it's mind over matter. And I think the key to being able to be comfortable with that is... Is, is 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 just recognizing that it is you, you that is creating you know that um you, you know direction you want to go as a result of what's happened i yep. mean the psychologists tell us that the scientists tell us that um we have 60,000 thoughts a day and 55,000 are the same as yesterday so we do a lot of um, in our brains, you, you know, debating in our own 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 heads, you know, and and different people I've listened to have put it different ways, but it. But I think half of the battle is recognizing that first, and knowing that it's you that's doing that. Yes. You know, and we create our own, you know, confusion. Um, you know, we we've got sayings that do that. You know, oh, I'm between a rock and a hard place, or oh, I'm sitting on the fence on this one, and we sit there and we stagnate. You know, rather than you, you know, actually just making a decision, and that in itself helps the anxiety and you know that we create in ourselves. So you know, I'm look, I'm I'm rambling now. So <laughs> well, I just wanna, just as you as we end, um. From your point of view, in terms of that, uh, just that kind of deeply connected um, place, um, is there anything else either about psychedelic assisted therapy or um, related to anything we've talked about that you um, want to end with? Um. there's nothing that's coming. I thought something might have came through, but there's nothing really coming through, to be honest. I, I think I've said, um, you know, I'm, I'm the sort of person that 10 minutes after we hang up, I go, oh, I should have said that. I, I find my channeling and stuff to come in. There's, always, there's a bit of a lag there. You know? <laughs> I'm fine. So, no, well, I think that um, hopefully uh, this isn't a one-time conversation anyway. I think that opportunity for um, heartfelt, deeper conversations um, is really an important part of, I know, my own, my own individual pathway, but I feel like it is becoming more uh, related to more people 
um, and it's not in that kind of airy fairy um, or so esoteric, um, but almost just it, that depth um, of connectivity, both in relation to each other and um, people we are and the community we are around, but then also just as important that relationship internally, the friend inside of us, um, we know the critics inside us, we know that there's all these different selves, so to speak, um, but then hopefully, whether it's through psychedelic assisted therapy, or otherwise, um, we do evolve and, you know, gain clarity and the purpose, you know, just like the conversation that we're having. So thank yeah. you very much. Look, thank you. And, and well done to you too, you know, getting involved in this with only 10 months since your sister passed and, and sharing even your own journey. So, you know, it's people like, like you that are out there doing that, which hopefully will help us turn this world around. Us, us together, right? Together. That's it. Yes. As with a connection, you know, <laughs> thank you, John. Really thank appreciate you. um your time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mind Medicine Australia podcast. As a listener, you are very important to us. If inclined, we would love for you to follow the show, which just means wherever you listen to your podcasts, press the button follow, and that way you will be updated with each and every published episode. Lastly, if inclined, we would love for you to leave us a five-star review that way it's letting us know that we are meeting the needs of everyone who is listening. Thank you very much.